You're listening to Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Is it possible, somehow, some way, that a devastating loss late in the season could actually become a good thing? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive, I don't know why I said it that. Progressive Insurance. Harry, obviously, we've talked a lot about the result last night for the Battle of L.A. I'm not sure you can even call it a rivalry I anymore. I was about to say the Battle of the Bands. I was about to say, what you doing out after the Battle of the Bands? <laughs> boy, without your boy, you supposed to hit me up before you go to the Battle of the Bands? I mean, <laughs> the, the Battle of L.A. last night. I can't even call it a rivalry anymore because all the Clippers do is own the Lakers. 11 straight wins. Last night's result vaulted the Clippers to the five seed. The game ahead of the Lakers. Uh, while owning the tiebreaker. The Lakers now fall to the seventh seed with home games against the Suns on Friday and the Jazz on Sunday remaining. The Lakers can still capture the sixth seed, avoid the play-in tournament by going 2-0, and combined with the Golden State Warriors finishing 1-1. One and one. All of that to say, is it possible that somehow, some way, even though they lost, it's kind of a good thing because it means that they are all but assured they are going to now we know Miss the Suns in the first round. Like, they're, they're running away from Pahenix. What the Lakers didn't want to do was run into that explosive machine. Now, that explosive machine happens to have Kevin Durant, who is, the I think, the game's best scorer. Can score for a, a lot of different areas on the court. You look at his size being 6'10", 6'11". He can't be stopped. We just heard Greg Popovich talk about that. How do you stop him? Greg Popovich said, Hall of Fame coach, he can't. You can't stop him. So you just got to hope he's off, hope he's missed. Or I'm not going to say hope he's injured, but if he gets injured, that's another way of stopping him. Now, you look at a guy in Devin Booker, mid-range assassin as well, can hit the you know, three ball consistently, one of the better shooters that we have in the National Basketball Association. You look at Chris Paul, who's going to be a Hall of Famer as well, floor general, able to get the guy, guys the basketball in their sweet spots when they need them to. You look at DeAndre Ayton, a guy in the pick-and-roll game with Chris Paul that can be very lethal at the basket and also on the defensive end protecting the rim. The Los Angeles Lakers did not want to run into the Phoenix Suns because that matchup between LeBron James and Kevin Durant, although it's, I think, been a long time since we've really seen it on a, on a playoff level, has not favored LeBron James. Let me just say that, Fitz. If you go back to the Golden State Warriors days and them winning those championships and, you know, me being at Quicken Loans Arena and LeBron James is in transition, backing up, and Kevin Durant pulls up from deep three. And what do you hear? Bang! Bang! <laughs> and, and the Warriors go on to win that, 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 that NBA championship. So I think it's good that the Lakers are avoiding – the Phoenix Suns, because that would definitely be an early exit in the playoffs. I, I don't disagree with you, by the way, with everything you just said. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I don't disagree with any of it. And, in fact, Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, was on SportsCenter at 7 a.m. He talked a little bit about the benefit of the Lakers losing last night with seeding particularly. I don't think this is necessarily the worst thing for the Lakers because, you know, whoever wins that game – moves to fifth, which the Clippers are now in. And that sets up a first-round matchup with the Phoenix Suns, which I think we all can agree. When you look at the top four teams, that's probably the one team you'd want to avoid. So if you're the Lakers now, and you certainly don't want to fall down to ninth, but if you can stay in that seven to eight range and just win one game to get in, and now you've got a best of seven against Denver or 
potentially Memphis, I think the Lakers would roll the dice in that type of matchup the way they've played for the last month and a half. So hear me out. Evan, producer extraordinaire for us, is like, as we say all the time, Evan's like, what, four foot six, 83 pounds. <laughs> if Evan walks in to a boxing ring one day and he has the choice of being punched by George Foreman in his prime, Muhammad Ali in his prime, Ooh. or Mike Tyson in his prime, oh. that's sort of where the, the, the Lakers are to me at this point. Like, either way, you're going to get knocked up, mm, out, right? Yeah. Either way, you're going to be done. The question is, which one of them is going to do it the easiest and, the, like, the most painfully? To me, the Suns are the one that's going to come in and just Mike Tyson in his prime one punch and, you know, Evan never gets up from it, right? The rest of these teams, though, are still better than the Lakers. So the hard part for me is trying to figure out where the line is for L.A. Because if you really just didn't care about last night, if they believed as an organization that losing last night could be a benefit, they would have taken a load management day for their two oh, superstars, 100%. right? So, 100%. like, the Lakers told you going into the game – that they wanted that seating, that they want to make sure that they stay in the best spot possible. Also, I can't believe I'm saying this, but how comfortable can we really be with the Lakers even in a play-in game? Everything's on the line. One game, like this Lakers team struggled to beat a bad Utah team, and then they just lost to a Clippers team. If I got one game for my, my NBA playoff life right now, Boy, the Lakers have shown you Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, some nights they can just whoop anybody's ass. And some nights they're taking the whooping. Some nights they're getting the stick, the, the, the switch from the tree, and they're handing it to their mom. And some nights they're doing the opposite. Well, I'll say this, and, and you make a great point. If they wanted to lose this game purposely, they wouldn't have played LeBron James and Anthony, and Anthony Davis. Here's the thing. As competitors, those guys could not have set out, set out that game last night. And I, I don't think been able to live with themselves. That's fair. Especially yeah. when, you know, and that's just how athletes are, are wired, bro. Like, you want to play, you love competition. But at the end of the day, I do believe in blessing in disguise. I do believe in that. And, you know, them not having that five seed and got to go against the Phoenix Suns, that, that is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Because when I look at the Denver Nuggets, who in the, the month of March 7-7, seven and seven, and struggling against, you know, some of the worst teams in the league and also recently losing to the Houston Rockets, in which Mike Malone called his team out um, in, in, in ways that his team, you know, agreed with what he was saying. I would take my chances with the Denver Nuggets, and I can't help but think about 2019, right, on the quest of the Lakers winning that championship in the Western Conference Final. Anthony Davis got the best of Jokic. He got the best of Jokic in that series, right? But for Jokic, he doesn't have any excuses because Jamal Moore is there. Right, Aaron Gordon is there. Michael Porter Jr. is Jr. is there. But still, when you have a LeBron James, an experienced guy, and Anthony Davis who've been there and done it, they've won a title. Sometimes that might trump, you know. Even if you do have youthful guys, and I look at the Memphis Grizzlies, and I mentioned earlier about the things that can plague them: poor shooting from from the perimeter. Jaron Jackson Jr. getting in foul trouble. Yeah, especially as aggressively. You, you know what I'm saying? Plays, so. Yeah. Those are the type of things that can stop them. I look at the Sacramento Kings. They're still up and coming. Now, Sacramento Kings, they have some youth on their side. They got six guys that are averaging double figures right now, which is phenomenal to me. The Kings just don't play a lot of defense. No. That's, that's a concern for me. But I, I hear you. I think one of the things that is really interesting to me, if you're the Lakers, is you can look at it and say, well, the Nuggets haven't shown me that in the playoffs, right? The, the yeah, but for the Nuggets – is something that's that's tangible. The Grizzlies, we haven't seen them go on this sort of run. Who, what will they look like? The, the Kings, there's no proof of concept. Yep. The Suns have all of those things. Like all you have to do is look at the Suns roster and be like, 
the only yeah but to them is will they be healthy? They got the cheat code. I mean, they got the human cheat code in Kevin Durant. Like the, the Suns could easily just go on a run through this entire playoff that makes everybody else look silly, right? Yeah. Like, so I do see your point that if you're the Lakers, even if you're you're sitting there saying, well, the Nuggets might be better than we are, the Grizzlies might be better, but at the same time, we've never seen the Kings in a playoff series. My God, the, this is the longest drought in major professional and, and I, sports. And I don't know how those guys are going to act. I don't know how they're going to react. Right, because the crowd, especially in Sacramento, is gonna because they're hosting that series. Right, they get they get they get to play at home first, and if it goes to Game Seven, Game Seven will be played in Sacramento. But we don't know how those guys are gonna react to it. Yeah, we, we I, don't know. I thought it was interesting because Leg said that he thinks in the playoffs the Warriors find another gear on the road because they've been there before and they know what it means. Well, I have no idea what adrenaline's gonna mean if they're taking on Sacramento. I have no idea how we're supposed to quantify adrenaline for a fan base that won't have seen a playoff game. In longer than half the people listening to this have been alive. Well, I think it was what, Vladi uh, Divac. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Chris Webber days and stuff. We're talking. It, it's I know it's the longest drought. I'll find out uh, exactly how long Sacramento's uh, playoff drought is, but I know it's the longest drought in modern uh, professional sports. The last. Uh, 2006, 2006 was the last time they went to the playoffs. Jeez, who was on that team then? I mean, half the players that are playing in the league right now weren't alive then. Like, well, I guess six to now is 17. So yeah, it, it's it's. Half the kids and all the kids that are trying to come into the NBA at this point have never seen a Sacramento playoff. Well, game. they were what getting breastfed at that time. I mean that, yeah, that's that was a shout out to I my mean, breastfeeding <laughs> mothers out there. You know, I love to show them some support. All mothers, but especially the breastfeeding mothers. Oh man, somehow, somehow. <laughs> Speaking of the Warriors get and Lakers, <laughs> which California team do we trust the most in the playoffs? Either, neither, both. I'll tell you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel eighty. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It might be playoff or bust for the Lakers and LeBron. But when it comes to the question of trust, there are a handful of teams in California that are saying, hey, we deserve it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. This comes on the heels of last night watching the Lakers lose to the Clippers yet again for the 11th straight time. And the realization that the closer we get with only days remaining in the NBA regular season. Cannot stress this enough. In a season, we talk about this a lot for Major League Baseball. How you can play through the marathon of a season. Come all the way down to the wire and you finally get there and it comes down to one game. It comes down to one series, right? It comes down to one play. Well, that's happening in the NBA right now because the seeding in the Western Conference is absolutely insane. And right now, after last night's loss, the Clippers are sitting squarely in the five seed. That puts the Warriors at six. That puts the Lakers at seven. All the while, Sacramento sitting at three, and it raises a question of trust because, frankly, that's four teams that all will have an opportunity to gain trust in the playoffs. But, Harry, the question is, who do you trust the most? Oh. For me, Fitz is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Um, when you look at that team and what they've been able to do, and I know a lot of people hate, you know, referencing what teams have done in the past, but I think it's very significant in this case because the Warriors have won four championships, especially those three core guys that they have, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson. You look at Kayvon Looney, he has three. But you also look at the other younger players on that roster, Jordan Poole, Gary Payton II, also Jonathan Kaminga, those guys have a ring as well, and it's very valuable. So them being able to go on that run last season, I think is going to pay dividends this year. 
when they're trying to make a run and, and trying to, uh, to defend their crown. You look at Andrew Wiggins, another guy I'm going to bring into this equation who's going to be coming back for the Warriors, and I am you know, a little concerned about his conditioning because it's nothing you can do 50 day, 51 days away from basketball and think you're going to be in game shape when you come back and play basketball. So how fast can he get up to speed, get up to shape? Um, I believe he's going to be okay. But the way the Warriors play, if you lack defensively, if your antennas aren't up for the entire basketball game, then you're going to lose to the Warriors. I don't care if it's in the first round, second round, conference championship, NBA finals, in which we've seen last season against the Boston Celtics. You have to be so locked in defensively when you're playing that team that has a Steph Curry, that has a Klay Thompson, who can score 40 or 50 points with three damn dribbles. You have to be locked in. So that's why I'm going with the Warriors because they've been there and they've done it. But also, they have lethal shooters on their basketball team. There's another portion of the Andrew Wiggins part that concerns me a little bit. And, like, this is the basketball portion, not the life side of it. Remembering, as you mentioned, 51 days away, 23 games. But it was for family, right? Like, he was gone for undisclosed family reasons, right? So, when you start talking about not being around the game, there's a difference between I hurt my knee and I'm conditioning or I'm dealing with something with my family. Dealing with your family, we have no idea what his focus was during that time. Hopefully it was his family. That's all that matters, right? Like, first and foremost – let me say this clearly. Andrew Wiggins is a human being, and whatever he's going on in his life, that's the most important part of it. The basketball part, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if I can, if I can trust that you, with a couple of days and a couple of games, suddenly yeah. the Warriors can get to where they need to be. And unfortunately, they're in a situation where they're not going to have a lot of time for him to get right. I mean, if the Warriors end up taking on the Grizzlies in the first round, they are going to take the best punch that the Grizzlies possibly have, oh, right? Yes. If they take on Sacramento, they're going to be taking on a team that in Sacramento that absolutely plays. We've talked a lot about it. The pace of play for Sacramento is wild. The turnover ratio for Sacramento incredibly low. Like their t- assist to turnover ratio is really high. Like Sacramento pushes pace and they run offensively and they shoot really well. They don't play any defense, but they're going to get. And into that's what a- concerns me when you're going against a Warriors team. hundred percent. Because even if you're an elite defensive team like we've seen the Boston Celtics last year in the NBA Finals, if you give Steph Curry as Clay Thompson airspace, any kind of airspace, the next thing you know, you're down twelve points because of it. If, if they had even 75 80% of Andrew Wiggins, that series is totally different. Yep. I don't know that we can bank on that because when you're away from the game, like something we talked about with Jalen Carter, like when life is in the way, all of a sudden it's not just about, you know, your mentals. That's a part of it. It's also about how your mentals attack your physicals, and it's about how stress rides on the body and how focus matters. And as you've mentioned before, like even if you're playing pickup with your buddies and you're trying to stay in shape and you're not working the with a personal coach, it not is, the it's not the same. Like so for, for the, the, it's the ramp up for Wiggins that really concerns me for the Warriors. So I think for me, because that's such a weird variable, that's why I look at the Lakers and I say, okay, well, the Lakers, at least I know what the variable is. Can they be healthy? Yeah. That's, a, that's an easy question to answer. We've talked a lot about the fact that the Lakers have really grown in to, I don't want to say a big three, but a big two and a half over the course of the last, uh, last couple of months. So I feel like the Lakers have played well. But at the same time, all of this is a little bit of disrespect to Sacramento. I don't know how to acknowledge that these aren't the kings of the past and the kings of the past that I've ever seen don't matter to this brand. Like, if I were a Kings player, I would be so wildly pissed off at all of us that are just sitting here discrediting them because the past problems of this Sacramento team 
is not this Sacramento team's problem. Well, I'll tell you this. The Sacramento Kings aren't going anywhere. They're going to be here for the next five, six, or, or however you know yeah. longer they're going to be around, which is going to be forever as long as the NBA's going on. But Mike Brown and what he's been able to instill in this team, and Mike Brown is a guy who understands the Warriors. Warriors. He's a guy who understands LeBron James. Right, so and that matters. Like, think about Ty Lue last night. Exactly, Ty Lue understands how to coach against LeBron. That matters. Yep, and and, and when, so when you look at this team and his ball club and De'Aaron Fox, he's been in the lead a little while, not over not ten plus years, but he's been in it long enough. Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, a guy that came over from the Hawks who played meaningful minutes, playoff minutes for the Hawks. So I think that's going to pay dividends. You look at Harrison Barnes, who was able to win a championship with the Golden State Warriors, but was also a part of that team that was up 3-1 and allowed LeBron James to come back and win that series because of the lack of the way he played. But that's a story for another day. That's me on my soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. But you do have a few older guys that can help out in those regards, but it's hard to help out when guys got to go through it on their own. And that's the – I keep thinking back to Memphis. The last couple of years when we've seen Memphis eliminated, the conversation is always, man, you got to figure out how to break through that wall, and you don't know until you get there. Uh, go back to the last dance and Michael talking about, you know, at some point they were just getting beat down by the Pistons to the level that he went in the gym and he changed everything because I'm going to figure out how to break through that wall. Sacramento has broken through the wall of just making the playoffs, which is glorious. But when you get into that and you start playing matchup basketball in a best of seven series, it's a much different world, man. Like I have a hard time trusting Sacramento, not that Sacramento cares. They're, they're playing with house no, but, money. But, but, but that's, that's the right mindset. I, I can't sit up here. Even though Sacramento has, has had a phenomenal year, right, and they b- broke the, the non-playoff streak or whatnot, I can't sit up here today and say, you know what, I just trust Sacramento when it comes to the NBA playoffs in 2023. I can't sit up here and say that. No, 100%. Like, I can't say that. I, I think it's all fair to say you got to earn it. And it's also right. fair in the NBA to say, as much as I argued with you about it on first take this morning, they've earned it in the past. Has to matter at some point. Oh, like, 100%. But that's, that's why I can't discredit the Warriors. And Fitz, you know me. I almost got off the train. But when I heard Andrew Wiggins was coming back, I said, oh, no. I can't get off this train. Choo-choo, I'm back on it, baby. I mean, uh, the train thing just keeps coming. Yeah, Acho brought I play, the train. I play with my, my son loves trains. I sat on he the train them. last night yeah, getting, getting, getting to New York. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Shout out to Amtrak. Uh, drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Don't forget, you can tune into NBA action tonight. I mentioned it before. It is wildly competitive right now. The Sixers host the Heat presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. All right, coming up, it got heated on first take this morning. Coming up next, we're going to tell you why one of us thinks one team can win its first division title in more than 20 years. That's next. I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Your eyes and ears do not deceive you. If you're listening to us on radio right now, while you're also somewhere where ESPN is on TV, you will see us still on first take as they show repeats across the family of uh, ESPN networks. I uh, should say, again, thanks to all the first take people for letting Fitz and Harry have a little takeover today. It's fun for us to go out there and debate. One of the things we debated hotly was who the favorite would be in the AFC East if the Jets were to acquire who? Aaron Rodgers. Jets? And Odell Beckham Jr. It got heated. Uh, Harry says it's the... Who? Jets? Jets. Did I do that right? 
Uh, I did not. Uh, I said it would be the Buffalo Bills and uh, asked him if he'd ever heard of 13-3. and three. It got heated while Acho basically sat there and looked at us like we'd both had too many energy drinks. So <laughs> let's get the, defi- the final definitive answer on this as long as it agrees with me. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us now on the show. Uh, Diana, always we got to see you this morning. Uh, it, was, it was fun to actually get to see your face and not just hear your voice. I appreciate it so much. I'm buttering you up. Please tell me I'm right. Who would be the favorite in the East if the Jets were to acquire Aaron Rodgers and OBJ. God, how many energy drinks that you two had today? I can't even keep up with what you guys are doing. Uh, great job on the takeover. Let me just start there. Yes, it was fantastic to see you. I'll just get to it. I think the Buffalo Bills are the team to beat. Um, uh, and the reason why. Okay, well, let me preface this. Two years ago, I said there's no way that Tom Brady was going to go to Tampa Bay learn, you know, have to adjust to a whole new system or a new uh, organization to have success. Well, they went off and had success. Then the Rams did everything to get Matthew Stafford and build up that roster. And I said, there's no way that's going to work because Matthew Stafford's only playing in Detroit. He doesn't know the Sean McVay way. They go and win it all. So I, the applied theory that I that usually works is it's going to take a little bit of time, as good as Aaron Rodgers is and how good this Jets roster has been constructed over the last two years or so and and going on three here with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. I I just don't – I think they're just going to need more time. I I don't say that they're the automatic winners of that division because I do think Buffalo has had – they have the advantage of being together. They know their flaws. They've had some changes during free agency. They've they've definitely – uh, don't look exactly the same. But to me, right now on paper, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills over the New York Jets. Oh, oh that's good. That's good. I'm just going to unbutton another button on my shirt and get Diana, casual now. Let's Diana. go. Okay. Woo. Woo. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, speaking of OBJ, what's the latest on Odell Beckham Jr.? Have you heard anything? Yeah. So he's been talking to the Ravens, he's been talking to the Rams, the New York Jets. We know Aaron Rodgers had uh, Odell Beckham on his wish list, and Aaron went on to the Pat McAfee show to talk about how, yeah, who would have on Odell Beckham Jr.? And after that workout, I heard from a lot of different coaches and scouts that attended it that he looked really good, right? Guys, he missed a whole year coming off that ACL surgery. I think people forget that. For some reason, I think everyone just remembers him winning a Super Bowl and then, like, oh, last year he probably was just around somewhere. Well, he wasn't playing, he was hurt. Um, so there's there's been a little bit of concern about that. Obviously, bringing out a guy, signing him, uh, you know, for for a good amount of money, and we don't even really know how truly healthy he is. So um, right now, I know his camp, his side of it, they are looking at the situation, trying to see what's going to happen with the Jets and the Packers if they're going to get this deal done, and then obviously in Baltimore because Odell Beckham Jr. wants to play with a really good quarterback, and I think if. If you were to look at all these teams that we're talking about, it would make the most sense for him to go to New York. Now, talking about quarterbacks, right, we have three of those right now who are eligible for extensions. You talk about Hurts, Herbert, Joe Burrow. Who's going to set uh, set the market and sign first? Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that the writing's on the wall because they've been just very open about it, right? Jeffrey Lurie, the owner has gone on the record with Sal Palantonio. He shared with ESPN as well that Jalen Hurts is the guy. He is the future. He's the quarterback. They're all in on him. Obviously, quite a different conversation we were having a year ago, right, guys? When we were like, mm, we'll see what he can do this year. We'll see if Philly will want to extend him. Well, guess what? He is the guy in Philly. 
Um, Justin Herbert, I think, will be second. They were already having discussions. I heard it's been going fine. I don't think there's any big snags just yet. It's just going to take a little bit of time for them to iron that out. And then I think Joe Burrow is going to wind up being maybe in the summer, you know, early to mid-summer. And, and I think he's going to be the one, obviously, because he'll be the last one uh, to, to have the monster deal, to, 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 set, to set the market to a, a new number, which I think on all these guys is 50-plus. Ooh, 50-plus. That's just – they deserve it. I want them to get all of it. But speaking of quarterbacks, I mean, Cam made it clear he wants to be a backup, even put up a list of teams he'd be interested in or players he'd be interested in backing up. What level of interest from the league is there in Cam, though? You know, Cam has such a good reputation when it comes down to his leadership, his work ethic, his ability to literally change the locker room's vibe. Like, he, he just ha- – I've, I've been around him myself, just covering him. He just has a presence that's magnetic. Um, and, and we could argue another time the advantages of that and the disadvantages of that. But, you know, there are some concerns about his shoulder. Remember, he was dealing with some of those injuries when he was with New England. Um, I don't get the sense, guys, that there's like a, you know, teams are, are fighting hard to try to see if they can sign up a Cam Newton right now. Uh, I think the best situation that we'll see Cam get on the field or perhaps join a team is when we see a starting quarterback go down, a quarterback of his type of style. You know, uh, I, I think Chicago rings a bell, right? Justin Fields is the type of quarterback that I could see maybe if they needed a, a, a replacement for for a short period of time. That would make sense. But the fact that he came out and said, look, I'll be a backup quarterback. Good for him for having good self-awareness. I'm a big fan of that. Now, i got to ask you, Eric DaCosta, general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, said that he would not answer questions about Lamar Jackson during this draft press conference. What should we make of that? I thought that was very different from what we've heard in the past, right? Because everything's been Lamar's our guy. Lamar's our starter. Lamar's our future. We built everything around Lamar. It's Lamar. Lamar is Baltimore, right? Like, we can go on and on and on. And, and it just, they, they, they were lock and step on that. Even Coach Harbo last week at league meetings saying it, right? He was like, Lamar's our guy. Even after he was, after Lamar had tweeted, you know, just a minute before Coach was talking to the media uh, that he had requested a trade back on March 2nd. I just think now this tells this opens up a different door for us to all kind of pay attention to. I think the fact that they're looking into quarterbacks and, and, and look, Eric DaCosta is the type of GM. He's going to try to take the best available player. I believe that I really do, but they volunteered that. I mean, I know they were asked, but, but they, they shared that they shared that they'd be looking into a quarterback and you got to figure if you're Lamar Jackson and you're hearing that, Maybe that has a little bit of an effect on your feelings, on your on your approach to all this. Um, I do think there's some tough negotiations happening right now, and everyone's trying to do whatever they can to get what they want. That being said, will Lamar Jackson be the starting quarterback of the Ravens week one in your mind? Yes. I, I, I can't find another team right now, Jay, that like that, that, that has significant interest in him. Um, I think some are, are flirting with it. I think some are looking at it. I think some are going to see how the draft shapes up. But I think at the end of the day, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be home to Lamar Jackson. Nobody does it better than you. And I'm not saying that just because you agreed with me from the outset, although it helped. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. Great seeing you today, most importantly, but also thanks for hanging out with us and making us smart. You guys sure are way more handsome than you are good at sports. So it was great to talk to you. <laughs> oh, that, that was fair. That was fair. We told Diana that our main objective was to be the best-looking tandem in the history of first take. I think we accomplished that. I mean, the suit games were on point today. I, I, feel, I feel like we, uh, 
we may have shown up uh, Stephen A. and Mad Dog in that, in that regard. I'm up here so, waving my hands like uh, we're on camera yeah, today, like uh, we're on TV. <laughs> of all the days, we should have been on camera today because, like, I mean, uh, short of wearing something tearaway, it was about as exciting. Mama as- say I look good, so I'm going to say I look good. Oh, that is fair. All right. We mentioned to you, I don't know if you heard this. We were on first take this morning. I don't know if we've made that clear. Uh, there's one thing they wouldn't let us debate. It's exclusive to you. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fresh and so clean, clean. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Evan would look so fresh and so clean, clean, though, uh, dressed in the clothes that your kid wears. I, I don't know. So like, fresh and so clean, clean. It, it's, it's a little street. It's a little street for Evan. Uh, speaking of Evan, hey, uh, Evan is our resident master's reporter. He is live in studio where he has a TV that's looking live at Augusta. So, uh, Evan, you want to get us a little master's update there from the studio live looking at Augusta? Yes, it's the first round here at Augusta National in the studio watching it. Victor Hovland is your first-round leader, six under par. He has a three-shot lead over Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, and Cam Young. Victor Hovland is playing with Tiger Woods and Xander Shoffley. Tiger Woods is bringing up the rear of that group. He is three over par. Again, Victor Hovland, your leader, six under par through 12 holes, three shots ahead of Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, and Cam Young. It's a beautiful update by you, Evan, uh, live from the studio watching a TV that is pointed towards Augusta. Xander Shoffley, was just, that name was just on the screen. I would like to say that I think less than one in 100 Americans know how to spell that name right now. I mean, I looked at it. I, I wasn't sure if it was like alphabet soup where like you just happened to look down and all the letters. I know how to spell the, Xander. Uh, this, uh, yeah. Am I messing with his last name, though? Yeah, I mean. Even the, though that's probably easy, too. But. Yeah, none of it's easy for me. Like, uh, I mean, if I had been asked to read that on SportsCenter, I think I would have read it, Xander Schaffelli. So, uh, Mike Golick Jr., always our good friend, always said, Killing me Shoffley. And that's oh. how I remember his last name. So, killing me. Okay, we can't, we, don't, we can't afford the rights to those things, yeah, so we can't sing Xander Killing me Shoffley. <laughs> okay, okay, look cool. at him. He's in second place right now in the Masters. We'll who's, keep, who's in first? Uh, Evan had it up on his screen. I don't, I don't, I, Evan, who's in first again? In the, oh, there we go. Uh, Victor uh, Hovland. Hovland? Am yep, I doing that? I'm nailed like, it. Look, Evan looks so impressed. Oh, Evan was like, oh. Let's go down the list. Let's go down the list and see how long it takes till we get to a name that you can't pronounce. Okay, look, I got this. Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, in third place, John Rahm. Uh, well, tied for a second, really. Uh, Cam Young. Um, Cameron on the scoreboard, but Cam, for those of us that know him. Uh, <laughs> Brooks Kepka after that. Scott Stalling. Uh, Stallings, I should say. Patrick Reed, Shane Lowry, Seamus Power, which uh, I probably uh-huh. would have said Seamus uh, until I found that out. Uh, and then Adam Scott. Oh, and then Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama, yeah. I got that right, right? Yeah. Fred Couples, Chris Kirk, Justin Thomas, Cam Smith, which is different. Uh, that's Cameron Smith, different than Cameron Young. Don't get him confused. And Sanjay M. And was I close on that one? <laughs> yep. We're getting close. I okay. mean, we're getting close to a name. I'm not sure you're going to get right. Harold so let- Varner the third, Tom Hodge. There it is. Tom Hoagie. Oh, Tom Hoagie? Yep. Oh, Tom, you got to work on that. Look, if your last name's going to sound like a sandwich, make it spelled like a sandwich, all right? Nobody wants Ho- Hodge to be. And then you know and what? I'm hungry right I now. I bet too. you Tom's one of those guys, too. Like when, it's mis- when somebody misspells it, he gets all worked up. Blame your family, all right? If your last <laughs> name's actually pronounced Hoagie. And you spell it H-O-G-E? Like, no, no. 
Hoagie, get in the game. We all know that you spell Hoagie H O A G I E, right? It's just another word for a sub. It, it, yeah, Tom Hodge. I'm going to name him Hodge. All right, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Uh, we were on First Take today having a debate, so we thought we'd do a little bit of fun uh, today uh, with First Take Quick Take. All right, First Take Quick Take. Easy for me to say, uh, even easier for everybody to understand. So we thought we'd bring some new debates. All right, so uh, Evan, why don't you cue us up with the debate, and then we will figure out where we're going to go from there. I'll get the first one while Evan gets warmed up. The first one's super easy. Favorite pizza topping? Quick, uh, quick debate here. What you got? Oh, pepperoni. Easily. Pepperoni. Pepperoni is an abomination. It's trash, and it's just glorified grease that pizza doesn't need. Pizza should only be cheese pizza. Any topping on cheese pizza is just absolutely awful. Okay, send you to the guillotine. Wait, okay. favorite pizza topping is no topping? Cheese. Cheese is a topping. I just want cheese. That's all oh I want. My, when I mean, I what go are you, to, five? That's what my kids eat. Hey, when, Daddy, can we have pizza? What do y'all want, pepperoni? No, we want cheese. Yeah, every time I go to a party and people are like, we're ordering pizza. What do we want? And I'm like, can somebody just get one that's half cheese? Oh I don't goodness. want your peppers and onions. I don't want your... your like little pepperoni grease caps. Like, I don't want your salami. I never want your, your greasy salami anywhere near me. All right. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. <laughs> Heaven save us before we get fired. Yeah. Favorite ice cream flavor. Oh. Favorite ice cream flavor. I might go strawberry on this one. Like a, like oh, okay. a, a delightful not strawberry. A guy, huh? I'm not a chocolate guy. You oh, know, like, well, guess I what mean, I am. Okay. I mean. I'm a vanilla man. I don't oh. mind a little vanilla. Oh. You know? I'm talking about ice cream. Why are you making that face? I mean, this this show is kind of a swirl at this point. I'm talking about vanilla. I I love vanilla. That's my favorite, so I'm rocking with that. Okay, I'm going strawberry unless we're going, like, complicated flavors, in which case, uh, like the, whatever, the Tonight Dough from from, uh, Ben & Jerry's is is delightful. What's uh, what's next, Evan? Yeah, Harry, I already know Fizz's answer, so yours. Cake or pie for dessert? I am a pie man. Uh, particularly sweet potato pie, my mother's, Stephanie Douglas, or, you know, a Mrs. Smith apple pie and crumb. Oh, my goodness. When you talk about it melts my soul with some ice cream on top of it, that's how you know I must really want it because, you know, I'm lactose, so it would be a long night for whoever's around me. Uh, I'd rather you take that hot pepperoni pizza and shove it in my face than make me eat any pie. Pie is awful. Pie's trash. Pie's just the worst. The worst of all the desserts. Cake. Cake wins over pie, and pie never wins over anything. Pie is an abomination. It's it's the worst of the worst. I'd rather eat green beans every day than pie. Well, see, this another cultural thing. See, when you come to Georgia, we're gonna take you on mom and daddy house. We're gonna get you some sweet potato pie. Devin is screaming from behind the glass. Oh, yeah. I love pie. I love pie. Is all he's saying. He's allergic see, to cats, so but cultured. he loves pie. Devin is so cultural. Uh, oh, so now I lost my invite to the barbecue. <laughs> what do you got next for us? Yeah, so I'm going to ask Fitz this one first because Harry probably has both. Uh, Fitz, if somebody was going to buy you one or the other, would it be a really nice house or would you want a really nice car? A huge house. I want the biggest house I could possibly – no, I I would take the house. I would take the house over a car. Like, uh, you know, I'm a simple car guy, Harry. House, 100%. I never understand why people have expensive cars, but then their home isn't, you know, up to par. Because you're pulling up in that car, everybody's going to judge you. You you pull up in that – no, I'm with you. I, like, it doesn't make any a sense. A house is not a home. And what's it like no, when you, no like, if you're bringing a, a, a lady friend over and you're like, there's my beautiful car, and then you get it and you're like, and the house is trash. I, I, I can't exactly. imagine. Exactly. I can't imagine. you got to keep that straight. All right. Who's a contender? Who's a pretender? We'll break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. 
You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.